Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The losses keep piling up on the scoreboard and in the locker room. A quick recap, although I'm sure you already know, Titans lost to the Houston Texans on Saturday, 19-14. That's now five straight losses for them. They're 7-8 and eight on the season. In the days leading up to that game, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, Terrence Mitchell all go on injured reserve, which means they're done for the rest of the regular season and beyond a little bit. Uh, Zach Cunningham came off of injured reserve but didn't even make it to halftime before he was hurt again. And so on and so on and so on it goes. I guess if you're looking for a silver lining in the Tennessee Titans' current situation, it is that uh, they now have absolute clarity on their situation. Week 18 at Jacksonville means everything. Week 17, this Thursday night against Dallas, means nothing. And what does that mean in terms of how the Titans will approach that game? We will talk about that and much more. We being myself, David Beauclair of all Titans at SI.com and former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. John Glennon is uh, is away with family on a uh, on a break this week. So, uh, Denard, it's just you and me. How we doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am doing doing good, much better than uh, than Mike Vrabel and the crew. Uh, um, uh, let let's get let's get right to the big issue, I guess. Week seventeen against Dallas Cowboys, it means nothing. If you are coaching this team, are you giving certain guys the night off? And and if so, who do you think would benefit most from uh, from a night of rest like that? David Beauclair, did you just say a night off? That's what, I'm, that's what no, I'm asking you. Absolutely not. This is your job. You still have two paychecks to pick up. They don't pay you for free in this league. <laughs> and no, no one quits. You know why? 
because there's ownership. There's people in that front office. They're looking at you. They're looking how you will compete. Even though things haven't gone your way, you can lose your job in week 17 and 18 if you're not out there hustling and doing what you're supposed to do. No one takes uh, a game off. If you're healthy, you can go. You go out there and you play and you play until the end of the season. Well, there, now there's precedent for this, though. In 2019, in uh, in Week 17 against the New Orleans Saints, uh, Mike Vrabel sat Derrick Henry. He sat, I believe, Kevin Byard. Uh, rested Ben Jones in that game. It was a game that was meaningless. They had to uh, they had to win against Houston in the regular season finale the next week in order to uh, in order to get in the playoffs, get the last AFC Wild Card spot, which they did, and. Uh, and Mike Vrabel has said he will consider resting some people in this game. I think, though, the big difference is in 2019, they had won four of five going into the Saints game. They were playing well and, and you know, had reason to feel good about themselves. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I, if you can play in this game, I think you have to play. I think these guys have to do everything they can to try and make themselves feel better, even though even though Dallas is a huge challenge i mean this is a uh, this is a team that that is among the best in the nfc that has plenty to play for in its own right and and they're going to come in here looking for a uh, looking for a big win but it's uh, but you know this this team this team needs to needs to just try at least i think to to put something together and and find a way to win this game if it can it's your job it's your job. It's it's I've never known a coach to say if you can play or I'm going to sit this guy out just because I played. Listen, my last year uh, for but I want to say Oakland so bad. It's like I want to <laughs> say Chargers. I want to say San Diego. Everybody seems to be moving. But I remember Norv Turner. We didn't have nothing to play for uh, when I was playing for the Las Vegas Raiders in 2005. And he told some of the guys that if you quit, this can be the end of your job. You can get terminated uh, for this. So what he wanted to see was he wanted guys to go out there and compete. If you're healthy, you owe it to this organization because this organization is paying you a lot of money to go out there and to produce. No, things are not always going to go your way in this league, but what you do now can end up carrying into the offseason and what you do into the offseason can end up carrying into the 2023 season. So that's why it's important. No, things are not. Look at Houston. Have you? Hey, look at this team. This is a team, David, that snapped a nine-game losing streak. Look how tough this team has been playing. Go to the game last week against Kansas City. They lost in overtime 30-24. to 24. They gave the Chiefs all they can handle. They got after the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball. They just couldn't stop the run. Look at the game against Dallas. They gave Dallas everything that they had. This is a team that went out there and competed. They had a chance to put the game away with less than four minutes. They were a fourth and goal, David. They didn't quit. Look at what Lovey Smith is doing. He's building a mentality with this team. He's building his DNA. And look at the way that they play Sunday. Yeah, they could have easily rolled over in the third quarter when Tennessee took control of the game, but they didn't. That's what you want to see from your team, from your organization, you want to see them compete. And I, uh, 
I should say before we go any further, I got so excited, so interested in getting into all this that I neglected to mention this is the Believe in Titans podcast, of course, and it is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. BetOnline features live betting, contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And now back to this, and, and this is this is what I think is disappointing for the Titans right now, I, I mean, it has to be, is that, uh, you know, they're losing games now, similar, you know, but the games are, are similar to what they were early in the season when they were winning, right? I mean, they are, uh, they're low scoring games, they're, they're, they're close games, you're talking a, a five point loss to the Texans, a three point loss to the Chargers, the Jacksonville game, they, they were in that one close, it was, it was four points to the, uh, to the Bengals, the, uh, the loss at Philadelphia is the only one in this stretch where they, they haven't looked competitive so that, you know, they're, they are still competitive and it, and it's good teams. It's bad teams. It, it, it's the, you know, Jacksonville, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They just, they, they just can't seem to find the answer. Is it, is it as simple as turnovers? I mean, Derrick Henry has fumbled three games in a row now. Um, Malik Willis throws a costly interception late in the game Saturday. Is it, or is it, is, is there one thing, is is there one other thing that that maybe you can point to that you say, if if they can just do this, they'll, they'll flip that switch and get back on the right side of these things. No, there's a multitude of things. Think about the four sacks they took Sunday. That can't happen. And uh, shout out to my man, Agbo, uh, Okoronkwo, the former Boomer Sooner, I had a chance to watch him. He's out of Houston. Uh, very talented young man. Had two sacks, David, and that's before the first. That's before the first half. He had two sacks in the first quarter. <laughs> that <laughs> there, you, the there you go. <laughs> hey, there you go. You know, it's not funny, but it's like, okay, where do you start? And David, you know, I've been very critical on uh, these receivers. Um, and you just you can't win in this league if you don't have no perimeter game. Go back to last year's Super Bowl. You, it was like there was no running game between Cincinnati nor the Rams. But what did you see? You saw the emergence. You saw a star in Cooper Cup, and he just went to work on that Cincinnati's defense. Look at what A.J. did a few weeks ago against this Titan defense. He dismantled the secondary. You think that. You think Nick Sirianni and the Eagles were sitting back saying, you know what, Tennessee, they're, they're going to let us go ahead and, and sign A.J. Let's just go ahead and give him what he wants. Why? Because look at this team right now, David. They're flourishing. They're, I know they lost to Dallas the other night. But again, look at the way that this team is playing. They're not a great team running the football. But if you look at their perimeter game, David, it is amazing. They got three Three studs on the edges, Devontae Smith, they're all, and, and Quez Watkins, they're averaging 15 yards a catch. David, 
Yeah. You know, you made that's man, that's called money in the bank when you got a perimeter game. And look at Jalen Hurts. MVP? Yes. MVP yeah. gets why? Because AJ, you got a stud. Go back into the olden days. Look at when San Francisco was dominating. You can throw Jerry. I mean, we talk about Joe Montana, but look what happens when Joe Montana went to Kansas City and then all of a sudden they plug in Steve Young. What happened? They still won a Super Bowl. Why? Because you got all those studs on the perimeter game. You can't win in this league if you don't have guys on the, excuse me, players on the perimeter making plays. Yeah, just, you know, just look at, uh, look at, look at Ryan Tannehill you know, where he, where he's come with this team when, you know, 2019, when he took over at quarterback and he led the league in average yards per attempt at, at 9.6 when, oh, by the way, he had a guy named AJ Brown to throw to. And then, you know, that, that number is, that number has decreased from 7.9 in, in 2020 to 7.0 in, in 2021 it actually came up a little bit this year. Um, but, but his, you know, the, the passing game in general is, it, it, you know, it hasn't been there. He, he, it, it's kind of been an all or, or nothing proposition. And, it, and, you know, I think what you're saying too, it sort of speaks to why John Robinson is no longer the general manager of this team. It, it, you know, how can, how can this team at a time when passing is such a big part of, of the game and, and there's so many wide receivers, it seems like that. How can you end up with this group that that they have right here? That is so. I mean, I don't need need to be disrespectful, but nondescript, right? I mean, there's nobody with any eye popping skill short of uh, Traylon Burks. We we see it a little bit here and there, and you know, Chiga Conquo is is the most exciting guy in the passing game right now, and Austin uh, Hooper. Yeah, and, and and you know Hooper's not exciting. I mean, he's productive, but but uh, you know Conquo's the guy at least has that speed and and some run after the catch stuff that you see. But uh, you you talk about you talk about the sacks early. What what do you think Dallas's defensive coaches are thinking about the prospect of Micah Parsons lining up against Dennis Daly right now? Micah Parsons fifth in the league with thirteen sacks. Dennis Daly has allowed more sacks than anybody in the league right now. Um, you know, he, it, it it's, it's gotta be, it, it's gotta be a, a, just a green light full go situation for Parsons every time they put him over there, doesn't it? Well, to answer that question, yes, they're looking and saying, Hey, we can really work <laughs> Dennis Daly. Uh, but you know what, if you're Dennis Daly, you look at it as a challenge and David, I want to go back. Cause I'm going to answer your question about Michael Parsons, but yeah. You go back to 2019, and you're talking about the year Ryan had. Look at his receivers. You had A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, who went to what New York what year, what last year, signed that big old fat, nasty contract, much like A.J.'s. And then you're talking about Adam Humphreys. You had three studs you know, on the perimeter game. Plus Jonu Smith, who was all Jonu Smith. Don't forget about that. An incredibly fast man for his size. And got paid, got compensated got paid. to go to New England, got a nice fat multi-million yeah. dollar contract. Yes. Yes, he did. That's production. Yeah. And it's all gone. All gone. <laughs> right, that's the way it works. But yeah. just to, you know, to answer your question, if you're Dallas, you know what? I'm, if I'm Dennis Daly right now, I'll take this challenge. 
just because Michael Parsons right now is one of the top, if not the top defensive player in the league this year, he's had a phenomenal year. We know he's a sack master. But, yeah, Dallas is going to let it loose. But you know what? If you're Tennessee, look at the way Houston played Dallas. No one was anticipating the Houston Texans going into Jerry's world and giving that cap. It's 20 to 27 with less than five minutes. It was four minutes left in the game. Houston is on the goal line. Michael Parsons was ineffective that game. He had a good game, but you know what? He didn't dominate that Houston line. You can't tell me that Houston's line is better than Tennessee's line. Well, not Tennessee's starting line, but look at the line they've got out there right now. You're talking about Dennis Daly, Aaron Brewer, Corey Levin, Jordan Roos, and Nicholas Petit-Frere, who may or may not did, you know, didn't finish the game Saturday. Uh, LaRaven Clark finished the game. So you were, you were without three starters by the end of that game. And, uh, and, and Clark and Roos and Levin are all veteran guys, but they're veteran guys who have been with this team and, and played almost no meaningful snaps all year. I, it's a uh, it's a it, it's a tall order and and it, it's funny I talked to Corey Levin and Jordan Roos on Monday about you know what it was like you know yeah there was the disappointment of the loss but what it was like to finally you know all that time you spend practicing all that time you spend in meetings and and then you you don't get to play games just how fun it was to to go out and and play football and 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 wake up the next morning sore and all that and they and they both agreed that that yeah it was you know it was a blast in in that sense and you 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 do have to feel like Okay, one game will help them be better in the second game, but uh, it's uh, this is this is still you know you you've got a you've got a rookie quarterback back there who's who still by his coach's admission holds the ball a little too long in, in a lot of cases. So you know, it, say say he gets sacked four or five times again by the Cowboys. How many of those are going to be the offensive line's fault? How many are going to be Malik Willis's fault because he's just not uh, he's just not making the quick decisions yet? And and I guess you know that begs the the question: Can this team win a, a, an all or nothing game in Jacksonville in two weeks with if, if Malik Willis is is their quarterback? I, I mean, how how tall an order is that right now? Do I think they can go into Jacksonville and beat Jacksonville the way that they're playing? Jacksonville is the hottest team uh, in the National Football League, David. We talked about this. I alluded to the fact uh, that Jacksonville, when playing, coming to Nashville, they haven't won in Nashville in 13 years. Not to mention, I said, this is the best 4-8 team right now in their under 500 that the Titans will play. What happened? They put a thumping on Tennessee. Why? Because they're believing in Doug Peterson's system. What, what is happening is when you bring in a new coach, it's going to take some time for his system to really resonate with the players. What they're trying to do is to get out of that Urban Myers mindset, that whatever you want to call that last year, that debacle, that uh, catastrophic uh, display of coaching last year. And Doug Peterson he has something that a lot of coaches don't have. He has a Super Bowl ring on his finger. Hey, Super Bowl ring on his fing- uh, finger. And hey, not, a, not to mention, it's your hometown of Philly. 
Yeah. If memory serves me correct. So that means that this man can coach. We know he's an offensive minded genius. He's also was a player. He played 10 years. A lot of people don't know this. Doug Peterson backed up who? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. So you know he knows this. Well, you know, Brett Favre didn't even know what a dime deep <laughs> He didn't even know what a nickel deep is. So he probably learned probably from the other coaches, but uh, Mike Holgram and those uh, guys. But again, um, do I think Tennessee can win? Yes. Why? Because if you go and you can put your A game together, the, it, it will give you a chance. I mean, it's all about the running game. We know that Derrick Henry has had success over the last few years against this Jacksonville team. It just depends on the perimeter game. Can you make plays outside of 22? And I don't really see this team uh, right now winning anything if they just cannot improve on the perimeter. And here, here's what's interesting. You talk about uh, you talk about Derrick Henry and and the need to get something in the passing game. Though this this is fascinating to me. The Titans have lost four straight games, including the last three in a row. But the last four times Derrick Henry has rushed for better than a hundred yards, they have lost. I mean, that was always sort of the the one thing that that. You know, it, it's not it's not a secret sauce, right? Everybody knew it was coming, but if, if you get to if you get Derrick Henry to a hundred rushing yards, almost without fail, this team was going to win. Going into the Kansas City game, this team was twenty six and three all time when Derrick Henry rushes for a hundred yards or more. Twenty six and three, and now they've lost four in a row. So like even that is not working for them right now. That that that's got to be disheartening, and and I think that speaks to your point is you've got to get something from those guys outside. Even even when Derrick Henry's doing his thing right now, that's not that's not good enough. And uh, and I'm curious about this. Like you talk about the Jaguars have sort of they're they're in full Doug Peterson mode now, mm-hmm. and it's working for them. Mike Rabel's in his fifth year here. He's got four winning seasons. He's got three playoff appearances that he's led them to. How much, you know, how much does that help this team right now in terms of the belief that, okay, we're going to get something figured out here eventually and and probably sooner rather than later because it's taken it's taken this long. But you know, this this is this is a new situation for Mike Rabel, but He's got a lot to stand on, doesn't he? Well, yeah, his resume speaks for himself. It speaks for itself. I mean, what you just said it. You have four winning seasons, three playoff appearances. Well, last year they were the number one seed. That haven't happened since what two thousand eight, and then before that it was in two thousand, I believe. Denar Walker played on that team, Correct. so that's yeah. three times <laughs> since the inception of this uh, Titans franchise. What well, it came into an existence in nineteen ninety nine. And so when you look at it, I mean, listen, if he's not winning, if he's having like the season he's had this year, typically you're out of the door if you're a coach. So his resume speaks for itself. What has happened with this team, David, and I'll be honest with you, I went back and I kept thinking, you know, what's going on? Why is this team not winning? They've been successful the last three years, one of the hottest organizations in the National Football League. When you start losing – key pieces to your team, it will hurt your team in the long run, but not in the long run, but what I call the short-term fixture. Look at Roger Saffold. We haven't, you know, again, yeah. 
you you lose a key piece of your offensive line. You're talking about one of the most underrated linemen in the league. And again, Tennessee's lost, Minnesota's gained. That's why Minnesota's been playing well. You see Dalvin Cook, he is emerging Buffalo. as probably one Apples of the in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm telling I'm sorry, in Buffalo. I'm sorry about that in Minnesota. I got Minnesota yeah. in my mind. But you think about Dan Quisenberry. We never talked about him last year. I mean, he was a consistent. Yeah, he gave up some sacks at times, but he was consistent. Uh, Taylor Lewan, you're talking yeah. about arguably one of your greatest uh, left tackles for a decade. He's out. So you lose three pieces that you had last year. That's gone. So who do you replace them with? You talk about Dennis Daly. Now you got Jordan Roos. You got a, a rookie in Nicholas Petit Frere. Those are new pieces, and those pieces are not adding up to the production that these three gave you last year. So once again, you talk, you're talking about your interior. When your interior of your team is struggling, typically your team, your organization is struggling. What do you think Cincinnati went out and did this offseason? They rebuilt their entire they, they re- offensive line. You don't think they went back <laughs> last year in that playoff game and said, uh-uh. You yeah. mean you got the number one overall pick? He got sacked nine times, and we walked out of Nashville with a victory? No, uh that's not going to work in 2022. That's what you do. You go out and you strengthen your interior. You give, you show me a strong interior. I'll show you a great football team. You think that's going? You think the way that Tennessee's playing uh, right now? You think uh, they having that problem, in Kansas City? No, no. Why? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, a half a billion dollars. Why? Yeah, you know, and that's the same thing in Philly. Who has the best offensive line right now in the National Football League? The uh... The Eagles do, I guess. The Eagles. And who's their who's the front runner for the MVP this year? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. There you go. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. It it's uh so so we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but but you know, that sort of begs the question for the offseason, because there is gonna be the drama uh, or the intrigue of a of a new general manager, do you suspect that a new general manager will look at this? as a rebuild now because there are obvious holes in this roster or is it, it, it is do you suspect someone will come in and sort of stick with the the core that's here and and some of the bigger contracts and and try to try to just plug those holes okay i'm gonna play the role of a gm now okay. i'll probably last about six months before they run <laughs> me out of there <laughs> or i'll just quit <laughs> This it is what I would. Can't be a fun do. job, especially <laughs> no, a like this. Not a general manager, <laughs> man. Not in the National Football League. When they say the National Football League stands for not for long, that applies to the GM and the head coaches, yes. uh, in particular those two. But if I'm the GM, I put myself. Let's say I'm going to go back and be the great Sarge Floyd Reese. That's what we called him. I'm looking at my defense first of all, okay? Because I'm a defensive minded guy. And Floyd Reese knows best because he was a linebacker coach in the National Football League for a long time. People don't know that Sarge coach first. David, the first thing I'm doing, I said, I can win with this defense. I just need to go get some added pieces in the secondary and the linebacking core because we've been depleted in those areas. Our front interior, and by the way, David, I was glad to see Danico Autry back. When he's in the lineup, this defense, boy, they, they're, they're studs. He makes he had, and he had him a game that that's a, a great game. Look, did not look like he had missed four games, and, and or there was certainly no rust from a four. No game rust. 
Did you see the fourth and one uh, when Driscoll? I told you about Driscoll. You see number six, something. Did you see that play, that fourth and one he made on Driscoll? Stayed home. That was a great tackle. Yeah, seven seven tackles, a sack, two quarterback hits, two passes defensed, and a forced fumble. Not a bad game for Danico. Not a bad game. So, David, (laughs) I'm playing GM right now. So I'm saying defensively, I'm okay. I can win with this group. What can I what can I do? What do I need to do to improve my winning percentage? What do I need to? And the first thing that I would do is I'm going offensive line. We have got to go in the draft. We've got to find some studs, or we have to go through free agency like Cincinnati did and start paying guys some money to come in and shore up this offensive line. The second thing that I'm gonna do, I realize quarterback-wise, am I Am I uh, 100% comfortable that Malik Willis is my future? You have to take that in consideration because you have a 34-year-old quarterback right now. He's getting up in age. So you have to think about, is Ryan, is this his last year? Or do I see Malik being the future? Is he the future for this organization? That's another million-dollar question that I have to ask myself. But the one thing that I'm going to focus on, I'm going to do just like Philly. I'm going to go to the perimeter game because we're not getting any production from the receivers. I got to go out either through free agency or I'm going to say I can win with Traylon Burks. Let me go into this year's draft and see who's out there or a potential number one and a number two, because if you don't get no receivers, you don't get no production for 2023. Yeah. It, and the, 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 the Willis thing is interesting in terms of he has this opportunity and and it's a, it's a big opportunity. I mean, if he if he plays well at Jacksonville and and uh, and gets the win there, it's going to create some excitement. I I think it's I think it's very much up in the air in terms of somebody coming in here, whether it's it's Ryan Cowden who has the job right now, or somebody coming in from the outside and, and taking a look at Ryan Tannehill and, and the fact that he'll have a big salary cap number versus, you know, a, a lot of what you're talking about is easier to do if you've got your starting quarterback on a rookie contract. And, uh, and, and I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a factor in this, but you know, Willis still looks like a project at this point. You know, he and and Mike Rabel even said he's he he sort of took a step back in this game it, it, with some of the indecisiveness again that it, he didn't didn't look as uh, didn't look like you know some of the progress we had seen from him from game to game before. Um, I, I think ultimately that they do go ahead with Malik Willis as our quarterback. I think the decision to sign Josh Dobbs was not by accident. I think uh I think they feel like Dobbs would be a really good backup quarterback mm-hmm. to Malik Willis next year too in terms of a guy who's really smart and you know when they're sitting in the locker room they can talk about things there's there's extra coaching going on that way. It's uh it, it's uh it, it's going to be one of the uh, it, it's going to be one of the big offseason storylines here until a uh, until a decision is made on that front. But uh, uh, I mean, Malik Willis, I, I want to ask you this: Malik Willis, sort of, some fans didn't care for his, his post game comments necessarily, uh, particularly one where he said, "Look." I'm happy when I get up in the morning, win or lose. Yeah, you, you'd rather win than lose, but but every day is a blessing. And, you know, when you lose, it's an opportunity to learn. And, and who knows, maybe from this loss, I learned something I wouldn't have learned otherwise. He, he, you know, he has this real, you know, th- this upbeat, positive way about him that uh, that I think 
serves him well, probably in, in some ways, but but do we need to see a greater sense of urgency or, or, or desperation out of him to get a win, do you think? No, no, not at all, because that's his demeanor. He shouldn't go, you know, on television and, you know, have his head down and, you know, crying and, you know, blowing snot bubbles and saying, you know, <laughs> yeah, I could play better, you know, and, and, and he's sobbing. That's not the way uh, you do it in this league. What they're looking for is professionalism, and they want to see that same uh, mentality or that same – you want to bring that same – kind of that personality, I like to call it like, listen, that's just who he is. He's not a guy that is is up one minute and down the next. And so, yeah, he's just being himself. Listen, when you are a rookie, you're going to go through some brewing pains. I'm sure Tua Tagovailoa would tell you uh, his rookie year in Miami uh, probably wasn't the best. I'm sure there was some growing pains. I'm sure Peyton Manning is great as Peyton Manning is considered you, one of the great. You talked about it here on, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, how many interceptions? He threw, what, 10,000 interceptions his rookie <laughs> year? You don't yeah. think the people in Indy were saying, hold on, we want Ryan Leaf. Are you serious? Yeah. Why did we get Peyton Manning and we could have gotten Ryan Leaf? Are you serious? But you know what? I think that move <laughs> it proved well for the people in uh, Indy because there's a statue of Peyton Manning outside of uh, the stadium. So once again, David, it's just it's growing pains. He is. And I don't a young- think I'll, I'll say this. I don't think Mike Vrabel has ever gotten over what Kyler Murray did to them in week one of last season. I think, I think that, I think that game as much as anything is why Malik Willis is on Tennessee's roster. I think, I think Mike Rabel saw what a headache Kyler Murray was that day in terms of trying to get to the ground and the things he could do outside the pocket and whatnot. And Rabel thought to himself, I need a quarterback like that next. That, yeah, but that, that was one game. That was one game. Look what happened to Kyler going down the stretch. He struggled. Yeah. yeah you but, had consistency. But, but you know, but, but you, you know, your guy Jalen Hurts is doing similar sorts of things with his legs. You look at what Justin Fields is doing right now. You know, Lamar Jackson is, is Lamar Jackson. We all know that. I, I think, uh, I think there you know that's some aware this the nfl is going right now and mike frabel wants to be part of the movement in that direction i i i do believe that and i think that will be you know that will be a factor in these discussions too because i think he's going to make that case to whoever the gm is but it's uh you know there there are people who wanted to see malik willis right from the start of this season well you you know you have him now and and here it is how how uh, as we're running out of time here Human nature being what it is, you you try to go every day in the NFL. You you focus on today. You worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, you worry about the next game after you play this game. Titans know what's out there in Week 18. Will it be hard to get up for this game, regardless of who plays, who doesn't against Dallas on Thursday? No, no. <laughs> you want to go? Hey, you want to go out there and get embarrassed? You know this game. I mean, the way that you play. It says who you are as a player. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Jesse Tuggle, he said it best. Uh, they were, they had him mic'd up, and he walked to a guy, and he says, listen, I know we're not winning, but if I'm going to go out here and I'm going to give my all, I expect you to do the same thing. Though That's the responsibility of the captains. You don't let a guy sit there and say, okay, we don't have nothing to play for. Let's go ahead and tank it. 
Tanking basically means you're out of a job come next season. They will cut you. They will release you if they see you out there loafing. I've seen guys get that paper, that pink slip, in week, the last couple weeks of the season because they went out there. They no longer had a desire to play. Your play speaks for itself. If you are a pro, then you carry yourself like one. And pros, they learn how to work through it. Regardless of the situation, they're going to give you everything that's inside of them. They're going to muster up every piece of energy, every little fiber that they have to go out there and compete. Because in this league, it's about respect. And there's no, there's nothing worse than to see someone out there lollygagging because they feel like they have nothing to play for. Look at Houston. I mean, why in the world will a team that's 2-12-1 continue to play some of the toughest teams right down to the wire? It's and, pride. And and Mike Vrabel said he has told the team this week, do more, say less. You know, don't don't talk about trying to win a game. Go out and do everything you can to try and win a game. And, uh, and there you have it. Denard Walker is guaranteeing that the Titans will play hard Thursday night. We will uh, We will see. We thank you for listening as always and we'll talk to you next week this is the believe in titans podcast brought to you by bet online for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.